It is March 4th, 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I am Glenn Rubenstein. I'm back uh, at my home base, my regular location, joined this week by Raj Geary and Mr. Mr. Michael Wiseman. Matt Morgan is traveling on assignment. He will be back on Sunday for our Fastlane coverage. And uh, today we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, the go-home for Fastlane, the go-home Raw for Fastlane, although it doesn't really matter anymore. These are so co-mingled now. Michael, is the, is the brand split dead in your mind? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, we still have the guys on SmackDown, Daniel Bryan, The Miz, Shane McMahon. Like, there's still the characters out there we see every Tuesday night. But this women's matchup, man, I think that's what's really losing it for me. When you talk about having two women from the blue brand competing for the red brand championship, that I think in the women's division, it basically is dead. <laughs> yeah, and- I feel like it's losing steam by the week. Um, I did like the Rousey heel turn. Um, I think she's more in her element that way. I've, you know, I've been saying it for months that that's what she should be, this dominant ass kicker. Um, but, you know, Becky, I feel like, is just losing steam. And whatever she gains on Twitter, like, throughout the week, they kind of kill her off in these segments. Um, I don't know. I thought this show wasn't that good. And that, you know, last week I had tweeted, I saw it last week, it felt like they were getting that spark back, like they were getting some momentum, uh, they were starting to get some of their mojo back, and it felt like they just lost it this week. It, it, it wasn't necessarily a bad show, um, but it was pretty, it's kind of dull. Yeah, they lost. I mean, this last week feels like a fluke now when you look back on it. And I was really jazzed by what we saw. And this week just had filler matches and everything else. So, uh, again, what's what's going to keep me interested as a viewer? And I think you talk about the whole show. Nothing here has me hooked to tune in next week. Yes, we have a tease of a few things here and there. But overall, Fastlane on Sunday almost feels overlooked in some ways. Yes, the Shield is coming back. But, yeah, just, just yeah, eh, eh. How are you going to follow up uh, Leukemia and Remission? You know, I mean, maybe they could have cured cancer. Maybe they could have, you know, healed the cripple like Jesus used to in his time. Maybe they could have performed some other miracle, some other feat of God. This fast lane, man, it, it's just like having to build to this fast lane pay-per-view just kind of kills the WrestleMania momentum, right? Yeah. I like there was more you could have done with Batista. Uh, you do that hot angle last week and I don't know, the Triple H promo. I, we'll, we'll get to it. Nothing about tonight's show, Raj, though. I think for me, the issue is, Fastlane aside, because agreed, that's a big issue, having a pay-per-view smack dab in the middle of March as you're trying to get to your April pay-per-view of the year, right? But nothing about tonight's show felt sequential and hooked in the way that last week showed it. Every little segment had something that mattered. It was important. It felt surprising. Not every segment was surprising, but a lot of segments were. The ending was surprising. You had your by-the-book Somebody comes out and cuts a promo. These guys do, do this. We have our three-on-three tag match, uh, generic women's mid-card match. None of it. So what does it matter? Why well, am I watching? Let me be the first podcaster to say it this time. Let's beat the review Sunday. Fastlane feels more like a speed bump on the road to WrestleMania to me. Oh, there you go. There's you your headline. That. That's the headline. Print that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A completely, completely unnecessary pay-per-view. Um, don't understand why we're doing it. Um, it's going to be like another episode of Raw. Or SmackDown, but longer. Uh, so Roman came out tonight, said he wants to get the Shield back together. That was the big headline from that segment. And yeah, Rollins is is into it. They were quite cordial, brotherly towards one another, but they got to talk to Ambrose. See, what do you think? Ambrose comes out to a pop. Ambrose gets attacked by Elias, setting up their match for later in the evening. Leaning yeah. really heavy into this Dean Ambrose is leaving stuff tonight. 
Yeah, this is a, which might mean he's staying now. <laughs> Said it all, called it from day one. Well, that's the rumor now. Is that uh, uh, there was a you know it was on Wrestling Observer Live that uh, apparently Ambrose is more and more leaning towards staying now. I guess with I don't know Roman coming back, the creative changes that he's a little more apt to to staying. So uh, the fact that they that you know he's. Um, but they mention it on TV. Usually they don't do that. So, you know. Didn't Renee say that uh, at some point tonight that he was going to greener pastures or something along those lines? Which was that the... funny because doesn't he live in the desert? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm it sure... feels like they're playing off of it too much, though, right? You're right. They're leaning into it a little bit too much and making it too too real to a certain extent. Yeah. It's just cool. I, you know, I like a little reality mixed in as, as, as long as it's explained well on TV and you're not trying to be too inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Roman and Seth, Roman, you know, is kind of saying he does want that WWE Universal title at some point. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that was a through line through tonight. Them hyping up. Is he going to uh, reunite with the Shield? Of course, he did later in the show. They're going to have a match Sunday at Fastlane. Um, but before that, we had... Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, and Braun Strowman take on Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. Why do they put this so early in the show? This is where I would change the channel if I were a casual viewer, right? I mean, these are guys that could all be an interesting one-on-one storylines, but you throw them all together in a match like this. Why is it interesting, aside from that spot Leo took from Braun? Well, even that, you have this matchup back-to-back with a mostly meaningless mid-carder women's matchup so the first hour of raw at that point was already had me checking out right there was nothing interesting about this whole piece but but yeah the the three-on-three match to your point why aren't these guys involved in singles feuds why are they being lumped together why is this trio of bobby lashley baron corbin uh why why are these guys leo rush is out there drew mcintyre is being misused why are they having this group together kind of be the central point for all of raw in some weird way i don't get it well, it would make sense if they did this match after they announced the Shield versus these guys. Sure. So these guys get a win. You could build that they're going to be facing the Shield next week. Doing it before, again, they've cooled Braun so much. It's like ridiculous how, how much they've cooled him off. Um, Finn is like nothing as Intercontinental Champion. I kind of had a feeling that was going to happen when he beat Leo Rush. Um, the first time him and Lashley go to a decision, Lashley pins him clean here. Uh, man, it's just, you know, it's, and then Kurt is nothing. He's back to being nothing again. So I don't know. I hope, I hope it's just a one week thing to get them a win to build to the shield. And then they start doing the individual programs for these guys. But I don't know how, you know, there's only so many single spots at spots at WrestleMania. I don't know how many of these guys are going to get one. But you're leaving money on the table here too, right? So you have a guy like Kurt who should be considered a legend and he's not being treated special at all. You could hype up such a big match with him against whoever you want to and you're not doing that. Instead, he's just bottom. Nothing, yeah. He's not money anymore. He feels like you ever play like three-on-three tag in one of the WWE games and you just have the computer randomly assign you a tag (laughs) partner? That's what Kurt Angle feels like in these matches. Yeah, I mean, and it shouldn't be, and it's not his fault. I mean, granted, you could tell he's he's not moving that well. He, I mean, he's not, you know, he's not a spring chicken, but he's a special attraction. That's how he should be treated. He shouldn't just be jobbed out and just be another guy. Use him sparingly for big feuds. He's got a name. He's, you know, he's, he's a legend in the sport. 
uh, in the business and do you know use them properly and you'll get results if you do you know it, it, he could be big business if you use them the right way well i think the guy that most disappoints me from this whole entire scenario that we're losing right now is drew mcintyre right because yeah bobby lashley he's a big hulking guy and that that's how he gets over and baron corbin's out there why is drew mcintyre though playing second fiddle to baron corbin every single week he comes out standing behind him drew mcintyre is your money heel from this group he should be dominating raw he should be a monster out there he has great mic work great physique he can go in the ring right why aren't you spotlighting him and said he's playing second fiddle to Baron Corbin? Nobody gives a crap about Baron Corbin. And, and just that's the guy to me that you're leaving money on the table by not having him involved in some kind of high profile feud, not even one on one, but get out of these six man heel group things that he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I agree. dead horse here. I've beaten it. Okay. <laughs> Go on. It's just, are they, is, are they all wearing vests? Drew wears a vest. I've seen Bobby in a vest before. Corbin's in a vest. Maybe that could be their thing. Vest for business. That's, That's what's the state. Vest oh, for business. Oh, man. Oh. They need a gimmick if they're going to keep being oh. together. So these three are going to go up against the Reunited Shield <laughs> on Sunday. Wonder who's winning. Or maybe they job Ambrose out. <laughs> you think they'd do that for the Shield reunion? No, I don't. I, I think it would be stupid to do that. I think you got to have Roman get the pin there. You're talking about this being they're, they're advertising this as the Shield's final reunion, right? That's what they kept saying throughout the show. At the end, was the Shield's final number one? Okay, guys. To your point from earlier, Glenn, that was the the story throughout the entire show. Does anybody care about the Shield reuniting at this point? Haven't they reunited like 15 times in the last three years? Well, and is his final <laughs> reunion because they say Dean could be leaving? If they really wanted to do it, they shouldn't have told us Roman was in remission. Then it would be like, right. oh, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. It's their final reunion. <laughs> Guys. Yeah. He might not yeah. make it. That that seems like something Vince would have done 20 years ago. That's not true. Uh, I'm glad they're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but Dean, 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 take maybe Dean could interfere. You set up Dean versus Roman at Mania, possibly, if you are going that route. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing is if you did have someone beat the hell out of Dean get you know and pin him like a drew and that could set up drew versus roman at mania i mean you need something big for roman there's just you know nothing really there right now with how these guys have been built yeah it's very weird this was a very weird show to build up a very weird pay-per-view i'm trying to think of the last pay-per-view that felt this unessential and a lot of them feel unessential but this feels the most unessential. So yes, uh, McIntyre, Corbin, and Bobby got the win, and then Natalia versus Ruby Riot. The feud goes on. <laughs> they were feuding. Whoops, sorry. Yeah, I remember the thing with the sunglasses. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, yeah, I thought this was settled a while ago. <laughs> well, Natalia got the win, and then when she's there trying to celebrate her win on the ramp, oh my God, it's Lacey Evans. She walks out, she walks back. Let's throw something else out there into the mix just because we have time to fill. Let's do it. What do you think? When do you think what Lacey you get out there? Actually you know, go, um, go. When do you think uh, Lacey wrestles on TV? I would have thought it would have been Fastlane, but maybe Mania? Mm. I don't think you want to put her first big singles match at Mania because um, maybe, maybe she, she wins, the women's, uh, wins uh, the women's battle royal, maybe? They could do that. Yeah, as long as it's not a singles match, as long as it's not you know Oscar versus Lacey Evans, like the, there was a little rumor about that at one point. As long as it's not that, uh, it should be good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, we are getting Asuka versus Mandy Rose this Sunday at Fastlane. Maybe. Yeah, and already Asuka got uh, hurt, her, hurt her neck or her back uh, during a house show tonight while taking one of uh, Mandy's finishers. Dropped on her head is the phrase I saw on Twitter. Yeah, what she tweeted says she's fine. Um, it's not a concussion. It's not a concussion or a neck injury. Uh, she hit her back, but she's fine. So it was just uh, it was just a quick thing, but she's good to go. And lots of people have come out and, and started kind of hating on Mandy Rose. Some of the things I've read said not necessarily Mandy Rose's fault. It was just a freak thing that happened from some some people that were there in attendance. So let's not jump to conclusions yet, y'all. Yeah. I guess yeah. Mandy, yeah, she did some move where she dropped Asuka on her, her head and neck, and I think she just landed landed wrong. But it sounds like she's yeah. fine. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think, I think sometimes when these things happen, it's not indicative of the worker. I mean, I think people, as wrestling fans, we all, I mean, look at this shit with people thinking Roman's leukemia is a work. Wrestling fans yeah. love to think they're experts. <laughs> love to sit there and compile. Nia Jax is unsafe. Here's a highlight reel I made for YouTube. Well, oh, but but you, I mean, <laughs> there's a little something there. Nia Jax is unsafe. Anyway, no, but, well, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know if it's <laughs> she. She has a bad history. Yeah, uh, we'll just put it that way. Um, Here, here's what I will say: worse like, than others, but freak accidents can happen at any time. And 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 while I think it's really like tough for wrestling fans, like we are fans, we don't know who is safe and unsafe. I think the thing that we do have to be guarded against is sometimes WWE does push wrestlers who are a little bit greener than I think they should be. Sure. And it does feel very, I mean, I will never forget the WrestleMania in Orlando when Taker and Roman were fighting in the entire match. I was concerned that Taker was going to hurt himself because of how rough he looked out there. Um, not a wrestler, but when you watch some guy, you're afraid is going to drop himself on his own head. I become anyway, that's, that's the line there for me. Yeah. I think that's why we never got Taker versus Braun because of uh, Roman versus Taker. And they looked at those lifts and we're just like, we can't put yep. it just, this will not work. Yep. Um, anyhow. So Natalia one, Lacey Evans came out. We'll see what happens there backstage. Colin Jost and Michael Shea from SNL tonight in multiple segments. Ugh. They're going to be hosts at WrestleMania. Did I hear that right? Do you think uh, they're going to be guest correspondents at WrestleMania? <laughs> I like these guys on SNL. I love them yes. on SNL. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of theirs, but he, it doesn't. It actually, Michael J was fine. I, I, they were trying to make Colin Jost a heel, I guess, and he was talking about how his favorites were the Bushwhackers and Coco Beware, which I, I always hated when they do the stuff like that on wrestling programming. Where um, you know, back in the day with Bobby Heenan, the, the on-running joke would be like they. They'd have someone, everyone would know who Gorilla Monsoon was, but they wouldn't know who Bobby Heenan is. And it's like, well, if you don't know who Bobby Heenan is, that means you don't watch this show. That means you, you know, you don't watch it at all. And that's kind of what this says. It's like, oh, you know, these celebrities come in, they don't watch the show. And that's probably what celebrities do is not watch wrestling. So no yeah. announced host yet for uh, WrestleMania weekend. They might be on that week. You think maybe Ronda gets it? Announced host for, for SNL. Uh, the night before Mania. No, no. no. Ronda's no way. Ronda's going to host this. They do too much crap now on the weekends of WrestleMania. I mean, they yeah. got the Fall of Fame the night before. Um, it's not like 1985 where, you know, the whole weekend was open. So yeah. an SNL hosting that is a week-long gig. And I yeah. think they got the host planned out for the rest of the season. They do not. They don't? Well, not announced, at least. They're only, right now, they've only announced Idris Elba, who's the next host, and that's it. Uh, they had... Um, 
God, who, I thought they had someone for the finale. I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but um, pro tip: only watch SNL when John Mulaney is hosting. That's what I've learned. That's what was good last night. It was. He's great. Michael Che. Here's the only thing about Michael Che and Colin Jost, there, right? So I, I agree. Love these guys on SNL, but it was very obvious they didn't get to write their own material tonight. Oh, the yeah. reason it works on SNL is because they are genuinely funny guys, and all of the humor was way too on the nose and not nearly self-deprecating or poking fun at the business enough for it to really be good stuff. Oh, yeah. good point. Batista could host SNL. That actually could happen. Mm. Infinity Wars coming out like two weeks after that. I don't see him as the, the type of guy they go for. I mean, I could be wrong, but he's not really the... I mean, again, I, I don't see it. Out of everyone appearing at WrestleMania that currently has a match announced, he is the most, I think, likely candidate schedule-wise, star-wise. Him, Ronda, maybe Cena. If they Cena haven't done match. it since 85. I don't see them doing it now. I mean, The Rock, yeah. when they were on, it was weeks before. Um, yeah. Well, so. we'll see. Yeah. Speculation, Roger. That's all we have. You want to spend more time speculating uh, on SNL hosts? You want to talk about the shit that happened tonight on the show? Because I'd rather <laughs> talk about SNL. SNL host sounds good. Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, so uh, Triple H came out to answer Batista's challenge about Batista attacking Ric Flair last week at his birthday celebration. Am I? Did anyone else like this? I liked this promo a lot. I thought it was different. I thought it was more heartfelt. On Twitter, though, people lit this up. Did not seem to like it. Here's why. They, everybody lit it up because they want Batista to be the good guy here. I think that's what it boils down to. People are upset that Triple H is the good guy. Batista's a bad guy. And so Triple H is probably inevitably going to go over Batista, right? I think the promo work here from both guys, the Batista video was effective. And then Triple H did something, what Triple H does, right? It's his prototypical thing, but it's very intense, very heartfelt, very direct, very well-spoken and enunciated, but still super growly and passionate, right? So, uh, but, but... It made sense though. It told a story, and and I dug it. I dug what he did. Yeah, I, I hated that Triple H bringing up Ric Flair's son. I don't like when they bring up mm. you know real life deaths. You know, it's one thing if you bring up Flair getting sick. Uh, was that last year? Or two years ago? Two years ago? Um, and you know, overcoming it. It's one thing to to use that. I just hate it when they use like his son's passing and during the promo i'm like oh my god they're gonna mention it they're gonna mention it <laughs> and uh if you can make it real without that line it sounded real enough without it so it just comes across as low class um you wouldn't do that on a on a, on a real show you know what i mean like um a, a big network show would not be doing crap like that so uh that that part kind of took me out of it i don't like how stephanie and triple h flip-flop from being healed to babyface like within the same show not even week to week but like the same show um back in you know when Vince McMahon was such an effective heel against Steve Austin and he wasn't like on earlier in the show talking about like charities and then later he, you know <laughs> as, as a babyface and then later he's a despicable heel and then later he's making a babyface announcement you know pick a lane with these guys um especially if you're trying to get you know, as much heat as possible. Don't have Triple H be a heel with Becky the week before, and now you're supposed to be all the way behind him uh, against Batista. So I think I think the fans are going to cheer for Batista by the time it comes around. Batista already seems cool. That promo he cut, I thought was great. Uh, that Instagram promo, um, it, it reminded me a lot of Jake the Snake Roberts, his old promos, where he's not yelling, he's not screaming, he's not. It, it doesn't sound like scripted. 
content's not necessarily overly original, but he delivered it great. So I don't know if it's his acting skills now, but I thought Batista was just awesome. Yeah, I think the big thing you touched on, Raj, is so accurate. WWE is struggling right now with its heel face dynamic. And I, I can't take these people seriously. Am I supposed to like Stephanie? Am I supposed to not like Stephanie? Does she is she for Ronda Rousey or against her? Is is Rousey good or bad? And and, and it goes back and forth and so on and so forth. And I, I do feel like they toe that line. It's such a way that it becomes very confusing as a viewer. I can only imagine how casual viewers feel, right? Or maybe they're better off for it because they don't watch it week in and week out. But but it does hurt. I mean, very clearly, Triple H was supposed to be the sympathetic figure from after last week and after tonight. And again, to your point, he was out here two weeks ago bashing the fan favorite Ronda Rousey. So I like it. Pick a lane and stick in it. It's the thing WWE is struggling with. Uh, but but to that point, though, again, focusing on what Triple H did here, what Batista did here, I think it was effective. I think Batista, it seems like he wants to play the heel, though, right? If Batista's doing this, Batista wants something that's going to challenge him, that's going to, you know, artistically. There was this great article about him last week. He's doing stuff that he finds interesting. And I think maybe Batista is going at this from the perspective of just assumption here, but hey, I want to be the bad guy here to see what I can do with the fans. No, it's confusing. It's complicated, much like buying tickets online, which brings me to this week's sponsor, <laughs> SeatGeek. Oh my God, it's so tough. It's so difficult trying to figure out varying levels of reliability, hundreds of sites. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seat you want for the price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being at a show, a sporting event, professional wrestling, the theater, comedy. There's nothing like being there in person and SeatGeek is going to get you closer to the action for a great value. I'm going to Las Vegas this week. I'm going to see UK pop star Robbie Williams in his first American appearance in 20 years. While I'm there in Las Vegas, I want to go to other shows. The wife would like to go see Gwen Stefani. I want to go see Wayne Newton. We don't know how much longer we're going to have Wayne people. Now is the time and SeatGeek is going to make all these shows possible for me. And that is because SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever because SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites and grades every ticket based on value. So SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And when I travel, I like to travel on a budget. I like to look for deals. SeatGeek is awesome for that. And the best part, every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything, sports, concerts, comedy, theater, professional wrestling, and more. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It is awesome. It is so easy to find tickets. Like I said, Wayne Newton, Gwen Stefani, I am getting tickets to those using SeatGeek. And we've got an even better, better sweetener for this deal. Our listeners can get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, Great tickets, great deals. See exactly where you're going to sit. Figure out if you're getting good value for your money. And most importantly, every purchase is guaranteed. Get that SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code INC. Save $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event. They have the tickets. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And I thank them for helping me get to go to these great shows in Las Vegas. It's going to be awesome. So looking forward to it. Rajiv, you've, you've used SeatGeek before. Yeah, I've said Every week, I, I've been using it. Uh, I use it every time there's an event now. And especially this time of year, all these wrestling events coming up, uh, just, just a ton of shows uh, coming up, WrestleMania, WrestleMania week, uh, NXT, uh, we got Double or Nothing. It's just a busy time of year. So uh, if you haven't tried it, you know, you've heard us talk about it, just try it and there's nothing to lose to just take a look, download the app, try it out. And right off the bat, you get $10 off your first purchase. So uh, it's the perfect time to use it. Absolutely, man. Especially with uh, double or nothing. 
man. And uh, I should have some personal news about uh, StarCast coming up in the coming weeks, which I will be sure to announce here first on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So what else do we got? Oh, uh, Tori Wilson going into the Hall of Fame. They announced that tonight. Mm. Mm. I mean, she. why not? <laughs> I mean, she... She never won a championship, but go ahead, Paul Fame. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, know, Bobby Heenan never won a championship. I know. <laughs> right? I, I, she's no yeah. Bobby Heenan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Raj. Uh, Mr. Fuji. Uh, but regardless, she was a memorable character. Um, and you know, her feud with uh her feuds with Sable and, and uh Don Marie, they're they're memorable for that era. Um maybe I mean it's more of a slam on WWE for never giving her a run with the championship, honestly, because she was she is one of the more memorable divas from that time period. She was, I mean, she was great. She played a role well. She was super over. Yep. Um, so for you know the a lot of the characters that they put in the Hall of Fame and a lot of personalities. Remember, not everybody has to be Randy Savage and Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. You know, you got just memorable stars, and and Tori Wilson's up there. I mean, she's one of the most memorable women of this. Uh, from the 2000s on. What are the rumors you're hearing, Rosh? Who else are you hearing for this year? Is Brutus the Barbie Beefcake? That's one. Okay. Um, you know, the headline. I mean, it wasn't, he didn't draw it, but he was in the main event of the biggest SummerSlam of all time. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, Taz is also rumored for the Hall of Fame. Celebrity uh, Wing? Any early word? Uh, no. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I'd like to see Cindy Lopper. I don't know. If they, if they might even, who knows if they, they'll even have one if they don't. Uh, I'm sure they would induct Cindy if it worked out. I don't think there's any heat there. I mean, Cindy guest hosted uh, Raw a while back. So who inducts her, though? That was a good question I got on Twitter. That's the big rumor. Uh, you know, Sean Waltman was saying that there's talk that they might not have inductors. Huh? Yeah, that uh, they just get introduced because... I was at the Hall of Fame ceremony last year, and I could not last to the end. I had to leave. <laughs> I mean, it was it was rough. I mean, those speeches just go on forever. And when the inductors are spending 20, 30 minutes, it, it makes for a long night, especially with so much going on, um, you know, in the city. I remember that night they had Impact versus Lucha Underground, a bunch of other events. So, yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea. Or yep. you get two minutes to introduce them, you know, not like a real – Hard cut to, you know, five minutes max. The Hall of Fame has struggled for years because they have these guys who want to get themselves over before they get over the guy they're inducting. And that show, if you go in attendance, it can just become so painful. So, so painful. So they need to do something because I think the Hall of Fame is not an interesting show to watch. And I actually tell people, if you're going to WrestleMania weekend, go to another wrestling show that night if you can find one. <laughs> ROH Madison Square Gardens. That if you can get into the <laughs> gate, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, tonight we got a gauntlet match: Heavy Machinery versus the B Team versus the Ascension versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Now, is this benefiting Heavy Machinery being in a tag team match against uh, these three teams, Michael? I don't know. They're, they're kind of in a weird position, right? Because they have looked strong from backstage segments and they're being put over from the fact that they're, they're tough. They're beating up on a bunch of jobbers, essentially like the jobbers of the tag team division. But I guess it's supposed to make them look strong because look, they can take out all these teams, even though they are jobbers. So I guess they're looking good. Right. But I think the fact that they're being paired with kind of comedy stuff makes yeah. it, makes it not so good for them. They're basically now the Bushwhackers version too. Oh yeah. And Alistair Black and Ricochet are getting a title opportunity. <laughs> Glenn, what would Matt say? 
uh, don't get any on you. And they they got a lot on them here. <laughs> it's like, you know, every uh, tag team that wrestles on main event, you know, we're kind of on, you know, in this segment. So, um, you know, the more you're with the prelim guys, the more you're seen as a prelim guy. So even though they're beating them, but then again, you know, most of the tag team division is that right now in Raw. So I don't know. You need to get some strong tag teams in there and really rebuild it because the revival have been beaten every week. They haven't won on TV since winning the tag team titles. Uh, they just don't do a good job of really building up their teams. And they're not doing bad with Alistair Black and Ricochet, but I would argue those guys should be singles. I think Sunday they're going to win the titles of Fastlane. That's crazy. That's so crazy. This is so dumb. I actually don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, I think one of them takes the pin from one of the Revival. Well, maybe. Why do you think they're keeping them going, though, so long if they're not going to... Because they have no idea what to do with them. They look. True. They have no idea what to do with EC3. This is apparent. He was Big on. He wrestled on main event again this week. To, again to Apollo <laughs> Cruz. So um, you know uh, we've seen uh, Nikki Cross. They have done nothing with her. Um, Lacey Evans just walks to the ring and walks back. Hey, hey! EC3 was in the back bronzing. Come on now, he got a, a was hot he moment bronzing there. or was he cleaning the mirror? I thought he had a. I thought he had like Windex. And so honestly, I, that's what I thought he was doing was cleaning. My the favorite mirror. part about that segment was whenever they walked away from him, you could still see him in the background of that the the rest of that segment as they were doing other stuff, and he literally was just standing there holding the pose as to not distract from the scene. I thought that was perfect. Oh gosh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't even moving his arms. <laughs> he just right. stood there with the with the, the thing, you know, whatever. Oh, I don't gosh. know. Yeah, you I mean, know. he must just be like, God. I wish TNA had stronger finances. You know. Yeah. Or go back to NXT. He was a, had a great spot in NXT. It's not the wrestlers' choices, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Elias. Elias came out, did the Elias thing. Dean came out. They had a relatively short match, and Elias picked up the win. After that, uh, Rollins, or yes, yeah, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns came out with him as they recovered, and they were all in the ring talking about getting the Shield back together. I mean, screw this match. This match was nothing. Highly overshadowed by the fact the Shield is getting together Sunday for Fastlane. Yeah, as a one-off, um, it's. I think it's fine. Um, you know, I, I don't think they should be giving a Roman Reigns singles match right now. So in, in that sense, it works. Yeah. Again, one final time, one final rodeo, the, the world tour, right? To see these guys go out on top. I do hope it leads to something for, I hope the shield again, I think Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns is the match you go to for mania. I think it'd be an interesting feud. It would give both guys something to work with. It has some built in bite, uh, but who knows what they'll do. John Cena could go against Roman Reigns. Maybe look, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've made Cena look weak. So, um, you know, again, there's just not that. Who's Cena going to wrestle? Um, there's there's not those uh, natural ways to go. So they, they got a lot of work to do. And, and we're a, a month away now from WrestleMania. Mm. Yeah. We're only seven days or six days away from Fastlane, though. Pay-per-view oh, my year. God. <laughs> Can you right. believe it? The goosebumps. I feel it. It's Fastlane season. <laughs> you just move elimination chamber forward one more week so it's kind of in the middle between rumble and wrestlemania that's all you need it was terrible i'm coming back from las vegas to watch fast lane i was like oh i gotta be back by sunday for fast lane made travel plans considering fast lane taking that into account 
<laughs> yeah. Fastlane is more something that ruins your Sunday plans. <laughs> it's almost like it's more of a roadblock. Am I right? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, good Lord. Um, such that being said, the event should actually be good, though. Like the the stuff they have booked so far looks good. Like a, a, from a action, uh, you know, from action standpoint. Well, and that's I think the thing to I feel like we periodically need to say this, Raj. We are not crapping on any of the performers, any of the wrestlers, nope. any of the in-ring action. In-ring action is better than it's ever been, which is why it's remarkable that the WWE creative can make such a boring three hours of TV every week. <laughs> Well, yeah. it, it's uh, yeah, but but wrestling isn't everything, right? I mean, great matches are a definite huge component of any wrestling TV show, but the six man tag matches can be great. But if they don't mean anything, they don't matter. They don't have buy in. You watch it and it's like, well, that was some fun fluff. It's like watching. Wait, wait a second. What was the last six man tag match that you were like, oh, my God, all time classic. I have to go online, call my friends, tell I'll me about tell the six man tag the shield versus the Wyatt family. That's been that was a long time. <laughs> they, they've had a couple Evolution here and there. The shield. They they all involve the shield pretty much. I can't. <laughs> and then they have had some on Raws where people come out of there saying, "Man, that was a really hot six man tag." Like they ended up being pretty good. Uh, maybe it's normal tag matches. I don't. But anyway, th there have been times, but nobody remembers them in the long term. Now the Shield versus Wyatt Family, Shield versus Evolution were all great. Fantastic. That, that was like Michael. That's uh, before your time on this podcast, Raj. Remember when I keep <laughs> going on about that pre-show match that the Usos had with Brazongo that one time, where it was like that was an amazing pre-show match. Like really so good that could have easily been on the upper part of the card, but it was, it was on the pre-show. It was the Usos versus Usos versus New Day, right? The SummerSlam pre-show. Uh. No, that was more hyped. That was, I think, maybe even main card. But I remember the Usos had a throwaway match with Brazongo. can't remember the pay-per-view. It was probably shortly after the brand split. And it was like, for a pre-show match, it was phenomenal. But that's the thing. Six-man tag, it's like, I think it just stinks of we, we had nothing else going on. With the Shield being a three-man yeah. faction. That's true. Uh, that being said, I do think this match will be really good. I think everyone in there has the potential to, well... I'll say the Shield, Drew, and Lashley have the potential to have a great match. Corbin, you know, I'm sure he can pick his spots to to be to be fine. Yeah. Oh, Baron Corbin. He looks good. This is much better now than the Lone Wolf vest with uh, the receding hairline and the the long hair. I mean, he looks better. And I think he came off his uh, GM stint in better shape, but they've got to—I don't know—they got to give him a real feud. Stop lumping him in with these other guys. It's not helping anyone. I think he's the most. I think he's the most uninteresting character of the bunch. I think he is pathetically uninteresting. I just nothing about him does anything for me. And that, maybe that's just me personally, but I think Baron Corbin as a character is washed up, and they have booked him terribly over the years he's weak why is he leading a heel faction whenever he got run out of town multiple times in the last six months right come on now come on yeah i think bobby lashley is more boring but bobby has leo well bobby's boring but he's big right so like the thing bobby gets away with is he can he has he's a terrible promo right but he's he just not, goes out though. he's not if you look at his work and impact he was really good on the mic true um, he's a terrible wwe promo maybe <laughs> he, the scripted stuff he gives him is yes bad. yes yeah. But even, though, even though when he was feuding with Roman, uh, he was getting some steam on him, and, and the stuff he was, his promos then were actually pretty good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no way Jose made an appearance backstage. Woo. 
Oh no. Take a good look, heavy machinery. This is where you're headed. Um, Sasha Banks versus Tamina Snuka. We called this last week. Well, yeah. I, I'm sure everyone called it last week, but what sense does it make to have? And I'm not saying they shouldn't have gone with Bailey beating Nia last week, but they get a title shot after Bailey beats Nia, right? Like, what's the uh, what's the sense in that? It should they probably either should either should have had um, Sasha, you know, Tamina beat Sasha last week, and then you could do the switch, or you have Nia asking for a title shot last week. They say, "Hey, you got to beat you got to beat Bailey tonight." She doesn't. And so they don't get a title match. And then tonight they got one last shot, only if Tamina can beat Sasha. And then at least storyline-wise, it makes sense why they got a title shot. But, you know, again, at this point of the show now, we've seen it had a No, no Way Jose appearance. Uh, it's tor- terrible backstage stuff with Michael Che and Colin Jost. Um, we've seen Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, uh, Bo Dallas, Kurt, Curtis Axel. I mean, it's it's kind of the, you know... This is WrestleMania season. You know what I mean? And this yes. is what you're getting on the the go-home show, the go-home pay-per-view show. And now a Tamina match. Anyway. Yep. Tamina won. Pin Sasha Banks. So Bailey and Sasha are retaining Sunday night at Fastlane. Makes sense. Um, Ricochet and Alistair Black versus The Revival. God, it just it drives me crazy. I I love Ricochet and Alistair Black to death, and and the match was very short. It was what it was. But every time I see these guys, they were backstage cutting a promo, and they were interviewing Alistair Black, and he's giving these fiery words of inspiration. I just wanted to just throw up in my mouth a little bit. That's not who Alistair Black is. He's a lone wolf. He is a dark being. He is a badass who crosses his legs in the ring, and you are intimidated by him. And I just don't like this dynamic at all. I think it cheapens him. I mean, yeah, hey, he but... worships Satan, but he's a good guy. Well, some of these uh, these scripted promos sound like a, a fortune cookie, right? I mean, we've talked <laughs> about this before, where you know they'll start off like no one no one talks like this where they're like oh well they say that a man is truly tested <laughs> and Alistair Black he had a similar line you know when he started his promo like it's so true i've never thought about that way. they're they're literally writing fortune cookies every week on raw <laughs> yeah Alistair Black same thing and i'm like that just does not fit him and it, being in a tag team i feel like doesn't fit him um he seems when i see alistair black just the visual i get is a loner badass doesn't care what anyone says and does he he marches to the beat of his own drum and and then you know he cuts out you know cuts these lazy scripted promos that they could write for anyone anyway yeah. i think alistair black's such a cool character ricochet too and these promos aren't doing them uh you know any any good so chad gable and bobby Roode interfered with this match causing a dq uh, so yes, Black and Ricochet did not win the Raw Tag Team titles. This is their first loss on the main roster, although by DQ, so not really a loss. And uh, rematch of Fastlane? Question mark. Right? Did they announce that already? Did yeah, I thought so. Right? Is a triple threat at? Did they not announce that? That wow. seemed like that's where they were headed. Yeah, guys in the chat, did they announce a triple threat between? Um, Rude and Gable and the Revival and, and geez, Ricochet and Aleister Black. It's not on Wikipedia yet. 
Yeah, it's not on the site either. March really fast for getting that. So, so so far we have the Usos versus the Miz and Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens, Bailey and Sasha versus Nia and Tamina, yeah. Oscar versus Mandy Rose, The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, and Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. So this will probably be announced on Twitter sometime this week, and who knows? Maybe it'll be the kickoff match. But yeah, yeah. I'm 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 def I'm pretty sure that that's what where they'll go as a triple threat match for the tag titles. So the main event segment tonight, the big, big segment before they went off the air, Stephanie McMahon was going to have Becky sign to face Charlotte for the Raw Women's title Sunday at Fastlane. Ronda came in, reclaimed her title, and man, it's just, we all saw this coming. If Becky beats Charlotte Sunday, Becky gets added to the match at WrestleMania, making it a triple threat between Ronda, Becky, and Charlotte. If Becky loses, it's just Ronda and Charlotte. Um... I mean, Becky's going to win. Maybe they'll surprise us in how they turn this. Maybe Ronda interferes. Maybe they tell a really good story with it. This could be the hottest match of Fastlane, but, I mean, the outcome is uh, ice cold, right? We all know where this is headed. Yeah, the crowd reaction when she said it'll be turned into a, it could be turned into a triple threat when if Becky wins, and the crowd didn't want that, you know? Yeah. Just, um, just start chanting one-on-one, one-on-one. I thought I heard, like uh, – I heard anyway, they they weren't happy with that. And that's your WrestleMania possible main event. And when the fans are lukewarm to that and kind of booing it, you know, it just it just shows that you're not giving them the match that the fans want. And you know, when people are saying that Charlotte in the match will make it better, Rhonda has shown that she can have great matches with enough time and practice. She's had great matches with Nia Jax. Um and her and and her and Becky, if you leave them to their vices, um they could have a great match and, and the crowd will be into it and the heat will be there. You don't need Charlotte. And I, I'm a big Charlotte fan. We, we sing her praises all the time. But in this case, I don't think it's the right move. And I, I just think the fans are already starting to crap on this. This is the heat in that last segment was, I mean, it, it just wasn't there. And Rhonda cut a heel promo at the end and then proceeded to beat the crap out of Becky Lynch. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. So Rhonda going heel, if you've been following Twitter the past week, Rhonda and Becky have really escalated this. It seemed like tonight there. I mean, and in fact, the Twitter promos, the, the exchanges they've been having are better than what creative has been doing. Way better. They Way should better. just show those on TV and just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so Rhonda cut that heel promo. They're saying, okay, now she's just, I don't know why is she doing this again for her. She's not your dancing monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's was putting talking, the woo back in boo or whatever. It was. Yeah. But screw, screw the woo. You. Damn the man. <clears throat> this is this is this whole thing Raj's point about them booing the possible triple threat match and I almost feel like the fans aren't just booing the match they're booing the terrible build we've had to get here it's so nonsensical and confusing and convoluted and all we want at the end of the day is to see Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch just fuss and fight and tear at each other into WrestleMania and then tear the house down, right? And if you add Charlotte in there, so be it. But I think what they've done is they've over-explained so much of this that the fans are just exhausted and tired and bored with it because we can't follow. What is it? One week, Ronda Rousey walks out, and the next week, she walks back in and reclaims her belt, even though she wasn't. And then the the authorities okay with that? Like, oh, yeah, sure, just take it back. Then why not? Uh, one week, Becky Lynch is fired or suspended, and then She's the next been suspended week, twice. Right. In they like bring the last four weeks. And so I think all of this push and pull, stop and start, it's not surprising. It's just tiresome and irksome. And so whenever you go out there and you tell the fans, you two are going to fight. And then they say the stipulation is if, if Becky Lynch loses, the same Becky Lynch who won the Rumble 
if she loses, she loses her spot. No, she has to win to gain her spot, right? What, what none of this makes sense, Charlotte? I, I just think it's too much, right? And then Ronda Rousey's problem here is she just talks way too damn fast. And I talk fast, yes. so I know, but she's just right. But just, she has acted before. She was in a Fast and Furious film. She had a supporting role in Entourage the movie, for Christ's sake. Mile 23 or Mile 22, whatever that movie was. She had a big role in that, or, or a role in that. And yeah, she's not good at this stuff. I am mean, at the promos is when when she has to you could tell she she gets she gets going and is going too fast and it, it's not believable. I liked the stuff that she was saying. I thought it all made sense, you know, that she was been I mean, it makes I mean, you can connect to it that she has been working hard to try to impress the fans and become a good wrestler and they're not appreciating her. So screw it. I'm just going to be the badass. I don't need to wrestle and do moves and I'll just destroy everyone. It's effective, but her delivery is lacking a little bit, but um, got to work I, on her character. You know, and I say this as a guy, I mean, I have kind of a higher voice, but if I'm in a character, I'm there to be a badass. I'm going to really modulate. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to focus on talking. I'm going to do it. And she just sounded like this was not badass Ronda Rousey. She was just sort of like, like whiny. Yep. yeah. And I don't want to say that. I, you know, this isn't me saying, oh, a woman is being shrill. It's just saying that she could have sounded really tough, really measured which I think is important if you're trying to come across as a real threat of a character. And I think, she, you know, they were short tonight. They had to do that ridiculous interview with Stephanie McMahon after Rhonda could have had those extra two minutes to take some pauses, take some beats, take some breaths and been more menacing. And you know what, if she's, if that's not her forte, if she's not good at wrestling promos, um, Paul Heyman's Paul got Heyman, to do. you know, you have someone there who could really sell it. You could, and Rhonda doesn't have to be like Brock where she doesn't say anything. You give her some lines, you know, you give her, uh, you know, you just don't have her carry a five minute promo where she's just, you know, it's just going too fast and, and uh, it's just ineffective. You just, you're just watching it just kind of like, you're not, you're not sucked in. There's just not been, I feel like consistent coaching with her either. There's been a couple of times where she has delivered some decent promos, but I think they just let her go sometimes and trust her. But when they do that, we get what we had tonight. Now, when she started whipping ass around the ring, yes, that was she great. looked a lot more effective. I mean, those punches, I was like cringing because I literally, it did not look like she was pulling those punches at the gut against Becky Lynch, right? But this whole, oh, wait, I didn't know you were going to take the belt from me. This is not what I intended. Right. None of that stuff is believable for somebody we're supposed to think is a badass. So when you say, then you face bust the audience, it just all feels very fake and just, oh, get over yourself. From a storyline perspective, what sense does that make that Rhonda demands that she Becky get reinstated or else she's going to forfeit the belt? And <laughs> Stephanie just takes the belt and reinstates her anyway. And then she kicks crap out of back. I mean, the whole thing was just so weird. It's just a mess, you know. The, again, two suspensions. They just the storyline. You could tell it's not something that they came up with. Like we got to get to WrestleMania here. We, you know, here we are. At, you know, in January. Uh, here's what we're going to do to get there. It's like a week to week booking decision, and and then they're just going to figure it out the next week. They don't. You know, I'm sure they know that Becky's going to win obviously uh, at Fastlane, but they I bet you they don't know what they're going to do on Raw the next night. Speaking of consistency, did anyone else find it weird what Alexa Bliss did this week versus what Alexa Bliss did last week? Like, talk about night and day difference. Hmm? Oh, yeah. She was uh, she was do doing something. She was like a baby face. Like a, yeah, they're doing something for Girl Up, and last week, right. like, what we were saying, her gimmick is she's horny. <laughs> Yeah. The one thing I do think WWE did capitalize on this week, and I don't want to lose sight of that, which is turning Ronda Rousey heel 
yeah. was the right move though. And that's the one thing that you're looking at this now at WrestleMania being a triple threat. You've got Charlotte and Ronda. The odds are stacked against Becky and she has to overcome it. That that does sure. tell a more interesting story. But this was not the world beater um heel turn promo when they go to show a clip from this tomorrow night on smackdown <laughs> that editor is going to have trouble getting a clean audio of saying i'm not your dancing monkey anymore i'm doing this for me like they're like gonna be ronda can you come in and re-record this maybe just record it on your phone and we can just sort of dub it over because that was not a memorable all-time heel turn promo and i think those are super important when you're doing a big character arc like this especially going into wrestlemania and I well, think they should have ended off with Ronda just kicking the crap out of Becky, not go back to Stephanie's promo. Because, again, yeah. Stephanie's promo, again, it's so inconsistent with what she's saying. Um, you know, one minute she's kicking Becky in the knee and Becky hits her. Now she's, you know, against Ronda. It's just a mess. The other problem you have, too, is, right, Ronda Rousey's promo was was a mess so to your point glenn they're not gonna be able to edit around it but then also the camera work is so messy nobody can ever tell what's happening in a wwe ring because it's constant zooms and cuts and this and that and movement back and forth to make you sick like there's just some kind of issue they have all around with with production right now with some of that stuff but yeah but you're, to your point I, I think it is a good move that Rhonda's the heel in this and becky's the baby face charlotte's extra baggage but um <laughs> <laughs> In this feud, she is. Yeah. Yeah. She's an afterthought. So that was Raw tonight. Do we even need to give it a grade? Do we even need to recap it? Uh, if you missed it, just, you know, you'll see clips on SmackDown tomorrow. You'll be fine. Just watch the recaps before Fastlane. I give it five Raws out of 10. There you go. Wow. There yeah. you go. There's your scale. C minus D plus. It was a lot of nothing on this show for, you know, considering what they had last week. Um, it was medium rare. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of filler. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, oh, sad news. I feel weird just going into this. But uh, AEW star Jungle Boy, his father, Luke Perry, super wrestling fan, majorly ingrained with the wrestling community. Luke Perry has passed away at the age of 52 from a stroke. Of course, most people remember him from 90210, more recently from Riverdale. Uh, I remember his memorable turn on The Simpsons as Sideshow Luke Perry. And... <laughs> I just, I mean, I couldn't, that was one today that I just couldn't believe, you know, where it's just like, okay, here's a guy uh, still in the, in the prime of his career. It seems like having this, uh, this renaissance, this resurgence and just having this major medical issue. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I was a, I was a big 90210 fan growing up. Um, oh, he's the reason I had sideburns sophomore year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was a huge fan of that show. Um, I think I might even watch it until the end. Um, really all 10 seasons i think so I'm, I'm trying to think of i might have left off like before the when jason Priestley left is when i stopped watching so yeah he didn't last the whole show but um yeah luke perry i mean he was uh i remember watching eight seconds when i was in college he was a, was a he was a cowboy in that um it was based on a true story he was um, in the original buffy the vampire slayer yes right um, yeah, I was only 52 years old. Uh, it's, it's really sad. He had a, a big stroke last week uh, that he was unable to recover from and then passed away uh, this morning. So, um, you know, our condolences go out to Luke Perry's family, friends and, and fans. It's really Absolutely. cool. It's, it's, it's cool to see the outpouring of love for, for Luke Perry and his career. He's one of those guys I feel like was under the radar for so long. And, but, but it's rare that you see somebody who was so beloved by everybody he worked with. And um, it, it's so tragic, but, but just, you know, I, I think it's neat to see the outpouring of love for him at this, at this time of tragedy. So 
Yeah, one of those guys you never heard a bad word about. Yep. You know, everybody's yeah, uh, a huge wrestling fan. Him. Even one of the later seasons of 90210 had a scene where he was watching wrestling. And uh, huh. he was one of the producers of the uh, Ric Flair documentary. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, go, he was at the. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, don't usually get starstruck, but he was at the New Japan show at the Cow Palace last year. And I remember wow. hearing he was there and I was like, oh man, I kind of want to go. And I go, you know, in, you know, introduce myself and meet him. And then I just, I just couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, he was he was at that show. He's been to a lot of shows supporting his son, Jungle Boy. Um, so yeah, just really sad. No, absolutely, he will definitely be missed. Um, more backstage news on Arn Anderson's firing. Wrestling Inc. had an exclusive today, right, Rush? Yeah. So the reason why he was fired is that Vince McMahon. Uh, got word that Arn Anderson had allowed Alicia Fox to compete while, you know, she was re re allegedly intoxicated. Now, it's not known how much, you know, how intoxicated she was, you know, any, any of that's not known. But that is the reason why Vince ultimately fired him. There were, they had some other issues in the past. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. So, wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. If, if, you know, that's the rumor, that's what's true. That's, that's an insane thing to have, especially from a, a legend like Arn to let that happen. It's something else going on there. It's, it's curious. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, it's not known, you know, how, you know, what, what he knew if, if she, he didn't think, she, you know, we, we just, the details of that part, that aspect between Arn and Alicia are not known uh, as to, what he knew and and everything but the word got to vince and and that led to his release and is it true that alicia fox is missing i don't think so <laughs> well that it's unknown if she's in rehab she hasn't been wrestling live dates the past couple weeks people don't know where she is no i don't think that's true okay that's why i ask you're my source uh to, to debunk or to confirm so kind of crazy but hey i mean for arn what timing with AEW and everything going on right now, he certainly yeah. has options. Mm -hmm. <sighs> what else do we got before we wrap this up? Um, I don't know. I think that uh, we pretty much covered it. Yeah. Fighting with my family was number one in the UK this past week. It was, Have y'all yeah. seen that movie? Yeah. Not yet. Okay. Really? Huh? It's hard with kids, man. Like getting a babysitter and everything, it turns into a, a pricey evening. Just treat them like I have my dogs. I create my I create my dog. You know, just try. With <laughs> no, that, it was it was it was pretty good. But I just hate the way movies like that kind of crystallize and glaze over the WWE experience. Sometimes, like that's a tough. They touch on it in the movie some, but it's just a tough business that I think sometimes gets glamorized a little bit more than what it should. And what do you think? You, well, you got the wrestler. Yeah. which is the opposite end of the spectrum on the other end. I love that movie, but it is the exact opposite end of the spectrum. You know, I was nitpicking through a lot of it. It really had me at the beginning and then halfway through, I was like, but wait, that didn't happen. Or how come they're not talking about this? But at the end I was getting all misty eyed. Like it had sports movie feels at yeah. the end thing. Uh, you know, the stuff with uh, um, the character arcs that they had throughout mm -hmm. it. I thought it was, it was very well done. Spoiler alert, Raj, she gets risen up to uh, main roster. Sorry. Is this movie safe to take uh kids to? Like yeah. oh yeah, eight, yeah, eight and a ten year old. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I you know, if I was a kid and I I saw this, I would think WWE was the coolest thing yep. 
like this this will do very well as a gateway i think especially for for girls and teens watching this yeah yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out at some point um because i love sports movies but like i love the rocky movies and i think if you watch like creed 2 i wouldn't take a kid to that it's too no. deep thematically right yeah but this different. is more like the what was that hugh jackman robot movie they did a few years ago I, real oh, steel yeah. Yeah, I dug the hell out of it, but it was much a much lighter, kid friendly movie. This felt a lot more that that in tone. Yeah. So the movie right now is at right at fifteen million uh, as of yesterday. So uh, it it'll make money. Um, I I don't know how much, but it's it, it'll make a profit. It's not going to be a, a a money loser. Amazing how much they sold this on um, The Rock and his limited cameos in it. Uh, nitpicking. I hate every time they show the trailer with the scene with the rock backstage, they have, uh, the page going, that's the rock. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's the, like, <laughs> we, we know, like for people at home who weren't aware of the rock is in this film, they're really beating you over the head with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. I think, um, good cast, killer cast. I mean, you, you got Nick Frost, you got Lena Headey. I mean, like that's, they're good anchors in that movie to surround everybody else with. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a, I'm a big Vaughan. fan of Stephen Merchant. You know, Stephen, Vaughan, yeah. yeah, and the director Stephen Merchant uh, actually starred with The Rock in The Tooth Fairy. He was uh, like <laughs> the, the the Tooth Fairy uh, assistant or boss or whatever. Not the main mm -hmm. boss, but kind of an underling that has to look over The Rock. Um, and he he was the co uh, co founder, co creator of the the Office, the British yeah. version, which I love that version. I, I love that show. So uh, with, I did uh, have one, Ricky Gervais. One major issue with fighting with my family, and, and maybe you can explain this to me, Glenn. Why is it that in every scene where Vince Vaughn he was wearing these polos with WWE logos? Why were the WWE logos so comically large? Like <laughs> if I wear a polo, it's got like a little logo right here, right? But in every scene, it takes up like half of his chest, right? It's like the entire Man. whatever segment. What's going on? That was on probably the licensing deal. That's how they got the cooperation <laughs> of WWE. Like we got to get the branding. Put yeah, NXT over. Good. Actually, they didn't really put NXT over much no. at all. No, it was WWE, but yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I wonder what they do next. I mean, the, the uh, so the Hulk Hogan movie is happening, but that's not WWE. Uh, there's been talk about the Vince McMahon. Yeah, Eric movie Bischoff is one of the producers of the Hogan movie. Wow. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, and uh, WWE signed that deal. What was it with Netflix? They're doing some direct to digital stuff, but that's gonna be Family Fair that they're putting. Yeah. Out there. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm just waiting for Marine Seven, man. Condemned too, right? They all fought on an island to the death. Let's do it again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking. Nobody else watched that movie. Y'all saw that movie, right? I saw the Condemned. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the first Marine, but um, yeah, I think uh, the Hogan movie should be interesting. Chris Helmsworth playing Hogan. Um, it's not going to cover a lot of, you know, his later years. Um, I think it's probably going to end with, you know, against Andre or, or I don't know if it goes up until WCW, but yeah. Well, if Bischoff's working on it, I mean, you would think something. Yeah. But if you're looking like a, a real career high to end on, that people are familiar with. I would think it would be that Andre match, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well, we shall see. Uh, Sunday night, we'll be back here. But tomorrow, we're going to talk about SmackDown, the go-home SmackDown before Fastlane. Sunday, myself, Matt Morgan, Raj Giri, going to talk all about Fastlane. Maybe we'll be surprised. It could happen. Mr. Michael Wiseman, anything you want to plug before we wrap this up here? 
Got nothing, but follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Real Wiseman. Thank you guys. It was a fun show tonight. Thank, Thank you. you this us. was the fun show, not Raw. Don't don't confuse what I said there. <laughs> Word. Uh, Raj, what's coming up on the site? Uh, man, we got just tons of exclusives coming up. We have like 40 interviews, <laughs> I feel like, that we've conducted in just like the past week or two. Um, stuff with Phoenix, uh, Chavo Guerrero, uh, you know, more from our interview with Cody Rhodes, Ryan Pillman Jr., David Boy Smith. Uh, got Court Bauer coming up. Um, it's just a ton of stuff. So yeah, awesome. Keep checking it out. Eddie Edwards today as well. Um, so yeah, you just keep checking that out. Thank you so much to everyone for watching live. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Appreciate a follow there. And if you dig the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you, you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, five stars helps new people discover the show. Till next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.